0: You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities.
1: Uh, Copper, although it is my favorite uh, commodity going forward, along with silver, um, needs to pull back as well. So copper, um, if you take a look at a daily chart of copper futures, it's basically been going sideways. So I'll be watching that chart pretty closely, but I still think it's a little bit elevated
0: Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in again. Today's show is brought to you by Trilogy Metals. Trilogy is a polymetallic but copper-dominant world-class developer in Alaska's Ambler Mining District. Recently, the company had a positive record of decision for their Ambler Access Road, which will totally open up this massive district that they own. They also have a partnership with South32 and are cashed up to advance these projects. The ticker symbol is TMQ. To learn more, go to TrilogyMetals.com. That's TrilogyMetals.com. Well, my guest today Today is professional trader Nick Santiago of InTheMoneyStocks.com. Nick, thanks for joining me again today. And the big development, at least from my listener's perspective since we last talked, is that gold hit all-time highs. Let's begin with getting your perspective on gold and what type of gold trades did you make in the last month?
1: Believe it or not, I've sat this whole last move to the upside out. Gold was just too high for me. Uh, It has moved parabolic over the last couple of weeks. I just don't partake in parabolic moves, and um, today you're seeing a a, a big decline in gold. So if you look at gold futures today, they're down over 4%. Uh, Silver futures also are getting hit today down about 7%. So um, I've caught most of the gold moves since March uh, to the upside, whether it was in gold miners or in in, uh, silver via the SLV, but this last run, I've I've actually missed it. It was just too high for me on the charts, and I, I just don't chase anything. But uh, I like what I'm seeing today. Got a nice little sell-off. I think we're going to get more of it um, in the short term. And that should set up for another move in the precious metals. But right now, uh, they were way overbought and um, extended, and they need to pull back. And we're seeing that today.
0: Nick, I can hear your critics say, well, if he's such a good trader, how, how could he mi- miss such a move as we saw in gold? How would you respond to your critics?
1: Well, I, I know I, I get the... I get the feedback from my own, um, members and, and believe me, uh, I've, I've heard it already, but you know, like I said to them, um, gold was a little bit too high for me, uh, when it was, you know, basically, uh, around eighteen eighteen eighty eighteen ninety. 1890. Now at 2000, I certainly don't want it, but you know, I don't chase moves. And I, I always tell people that's okay. Sometimes you might not get everything at, at every point, but, you know, I usually will be able to pick it, uh, pick it off pretty nicely once the pattern comes back in. But this move um, that we saw where, where gold went parabolic, and it did. All you have to do is look at a, a monthly chart of gold, and I, I love the precious metal. I own silver bullion. I've owned uh, gold bullion since 2003. Um, I've never sold a single ounce of that, so I have exposure. I just didn't trade it on the paper products. Uh, but you know, again, we pull back into 1,800 on on spot gold. I mean, on uh, gold futures, you know, I'll start to nibble and get in on the long side. Uh, but that's what has to happen. You get these parabolic moves. Everybody's in on the same trade, and then there's no more buyers left. And what you're seeing is, you know, a really good pullback. This pattern repeats itself. It's hard to say where the top will always be, but um, again, we got a nice short-term top in place, I think, now. And um, you know, this is buyable on on the on the correction after the correction, I should say. And uh, soon enough, we'll get another opportunity.
0: Is eighteen hundred your downside target for the correction?
1: Yeah, that is. That is about roughly where I think we'll go. Um, if you look at where the last base was on gold futures, it, it occurred right around eighteen hundred, and then we broke out. And you know went as high as uh, I believe twenty eighty nine. So you know uh, again, if you get a pullback to eighteen hundred, there's a great trade there.
0: We saw silver run up to about thirty bucks. I know you trade silver. It's pulled back to about twenty seven dollars as we chat today. Do you have a a pullback target for silver?
1: Yeah, I mean ideally twenty would be perfect, but I don't know if we'll see it get that low. Um, So I'm thinking twenty three area is probably more likely um, in the near term. Silver is a little bit different dynamic than gold because silver never challenged its 2011 top where gold exceeded it. Um, Gold, or I should say silver, got very close to its 50% retrace around the $30 level. And that's actually where silver went, uh, just shy of it by a few pennies. And now you're getting a pretty good pullback. So I'd love to see 20 for silver, uh, but I think more realistically, probably 23 is where we're going to go.
0: Have you been trading GDX, J, or GDX recently?
1: Not recently. Like I said, I've really set it out. It was just too high on the chart for me. I, I just refuse to chase anything. I, I try to trade with as little emotion as I possibly can. I know people are you know, fearful that they're going to miss out of the move. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of missed this last move, but you know, around 35, I, I actually like gold miners, GDX again. Um, I've had some, I made tremendous money this year in GDX and I, and I'm confident I'll do it again. But you know, I, I, like I said, I just will not chase, um, when things are going parabolic. It's just a pattern that I know, and you can see the same pattern in Tesla. You could see it in Virgin Galactic. For those of you that are out there trading stocks, these same patterns occur recently, same pattern occurred in Kodak, K-O-D-K, um, and I don't even you know trade that stock at all. But it went from you know basically two dollars to sixty dollars, and now it's back at ten dollars. So you see these patterns all the time, and you know I don't think gold is going to do what Kodak just did. But you know you're going to shake out the weak hands, and you're going to pull back, and that's where you get your next real opportunity. Uh, the move is definitely not over, and as I was saying, the move in silver which is different than gold because silver did not even come close to challenging its 2011 top at around $49 and 82 cents. Um, this is one you really want to study because when you get that pullback pattern, the next move could really be significant. That could take you to 35, $40. So um, silver is definitely my preferable play going forward. And I think I've um, told that to my members and, and, other programs that I've been on for quite a while. But, you know, let these charts tell you when to get in. Um, you watch these chart patterns, let them form and be patient. There's there's no rush. You'll always get another shot at it.
0: That's a good perspective in terms of not letting uh, greed get a hold of you so you lose a lot of money on a bad trade. But at the same time, Nick, when we talk about Kodak or – Tesla, I can understand from a fundamental valuation the argument for why those companies are overvalued. But because you've told me in the past that you only look at it from a chartist perspective, once you see that momentum trade kick in, wh- what what causes you not to jump on that train? Because those trains go higher and farther than both you or I could ever justify fundamentally.
1: Yeah, they do. and And then sometimes they don't. So you never know where the U-turn is going to take place, but there will be a U-turn in there. So you know, if you look at some of these equities that make that formation, um, for me, I don't know where the uh, where when the music stops, so to speak. So you know, it's like a game of musical chairs. Somebody's going to be left without a chair, and and in this case, you know, somebody was a buyer of of gold futures up there at around um you know twenty eighty 2080, twenty eighty nine 2089 an ounce and now you're sitting at 15 uh, 1951 so you know again I, like i always say um if it goes parabolic i just just have a tendency to just wait it out and uh, let it come back in but there'll be another opportunity so you know again this isn't something you have a, a central bank that has printed trillions of dollars other central banks have done the same around the world this isn't something that's going to end anytime soon. Um, you know, you're know, you going to get another shot at this. And, you know, again, it, it just comes down to, you know, when you know the charts, as as I, as I believe, I think I do, and I, I've, I've continued to do over the years, you know, you just wait back and say, all right, this one got away from me. I didn't catch it. Um, I would have loved to have been in it. I saw the pattern, too. That's the funny thing. In July, the pattern, you know, it, it formed about a one-week base before it broke out on um, July 20th. Um the pattern was there but that pattern occurred at a high level and it has a tendency to fail and that's really what kept me out of the play.
0: You trade based on probabilities, right?
1: That's it. It's completely on probability. Um I could care less about anything else. I just watch the footprints of human nature and I know that sometimes you know you'll get a bull setup um but at an extreme high bull setups have a tendency to fail quite often and they you know rip the rug out from under you. And uh, that's something that I, I've witnessed, and I've, I've been part of many, many times where I've, I've actually made money on a opposite type of trade. Uh, but this time around, I, I don't short gold, I don't short silver, just because of my belief that it's the ultimate insurance policy. So um, you never know uh, how high it can ultimately go in due time. But this time around, you know, noted, knowing that silver did not make the same type of run or advance that gold did... Uh, I waited it out and and we're getting a pullback now.
0: Nick, since you've told me in the past that charts simply represent human behavior or human sentiment, do you subscribe to any sentiment gauging services?
1: I don't, but I, I look at things like the VIX. I'll look at put call ratios. Um, sometimes if, if equity is at a new high, I'll even take a look at an oscillator like a stochastic or uh, a MACD or something like that. Um, but you have to be at extreme highs or extreme lows for me to do it. Otherwise, I, I really don't look at anything but really price pattern, time, and volume.
0: Are you making any commodity trades right now?
1: Um, recently, I've been playing copper to the upside quite a bit. I've also played aluminum recently. We've made money on every single one of those trades. Uh, at this point in time, though, I do believe that uh, copper, although it is my favorite uh, uh, commodity going forward along with silver, um, needs to pull back as well. So copper, um, if you take a look at a daily chart of copper futures, it's basically been going sideways. So I'll be watching that chart pretty closely, but I still think it's a little bit elevated for me here. But the way I've been trading uh, copper is I, I've owned Rio Tinto, I've owned Southern Copper, I've owned Freeport-McMoran, and I, I've made money in all those equities. And uh, recently I just made a nice trade in Alcoa, and um, that was just a, a week or so ago, and again, I'm out of that as well right now. So that's aluminum. But yeah, I, I like copper a lot going forward. That's one of the uh, bonuses I gave to my membership about uh, a couple of months ago. I said this metal has bottomed and copper has a long way to go up. So watch copper on pullbacks. I think that's going to be a big, big story going forward.
0: What about oil? Are you in any oil trades?
1: I do have one oil trade, but I've been in it for a while before the uh, collapse in the uh, May crude futures, I have USO contracts um, out till October. Right now, I'm still underwater on those, unfortunately. But uh, USO had a revamp and 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 they rechanged their whole structure. So I, I don't know if I'll make money on those uh, on those options. But uh, crude has been a very, very, a very, very good mover since then, and I do think. The pattern is bullish and crude right now going forward.
0: You were a broker, so you have connections to that world. So have you talked to any of your old broker friends about their perspective on the economy and general equities? And can you share that feedback with us?
1: Yeah, so you know, I I was a stockbroker for um, many years, and um, now I'm a trader. I have to be honest. Most of my stockbroker friends are no longer stockbrokers. They've gone to the mortgage world, or they've gone into selling something else um stockbrokers predominantly are not chartists they really just want to tell you a good story about something to get you to buy stock i hate to say that like that but that's really why i did not like the business um i always thought there was something that moves stocks there was something underlying there and it's called money flow it's called in- institutional sponsorship and um so i i do keep in, in touch with a few of my stockbroker friends but, believe it or not, they're coming to me for any for any information uh, about markets. They have no idea still to this day, uh, what really moves uh, markets, What's the underlying current? Uh, below or above a stock market that pushes stocks around. So, uh, yeah, I don't get too much information about from them.
0: You mentioned your trades in aluminum and copper that have worked out well so far. Those trades really are linked to the economic recovery storyline. So what's your take on a possible economic recovery?
1: Well, I definitely think um, the coronavirus story is getting unraveled here, and that's a positive for markets. You also have a, a very, very highly contested election uh, that is going on. And we see that a lot of these closures uh, that went on in, in the United States and around the world is really political. Um, and I think people are catching on to that. And I think that's why you're seeing such a good recovery in the markets. I know uh, the story will be there's a virus vaccine. Honestly, I don't think there's ever been a vaccine for the common cold, which is a coronavirus. I don't know if there will be a viable vaccine for this either. Uh, but I, I do think there are therapeutics and. Um, we'll, we'll see what comes out of that. I don't want to, you know, speculate too much. I obviously, as a trader, we're always doing a lot of due diligence on everything. I'm always looking into all of these studies and reports that are out there. Uh, but I just think the market overall has a better tone to it. Um, I think we'll, we'll, we, we could be under a little bit of pressure. Uh, you know, you, you, still gotta be careful here because we are getting closer to the election and there could be a lot of manipulating and game playing by these politicians. So you want to be a little bit careful here. But I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing. Uh, I'm seeing fi- money going into financials. Money's leaving a lot of the so called cloud software names, it's going into transportation. Uh, FedEx, UPS, they've had great breakout moves recently. Uh, today, I took uh, some profits on CSX. Uh, which I own, which is a railroad. So I love what we're seeing in the transportation industry. Uh, those those uh, equities are moving higher. I like what I'm seeing here today in the financials. Uh, yields are starting to move up. These are all positives, and money has come out of a lot of these high-flying tech names, which has gone into other places. It hasn't ran into bonds. And that, in my opinion, is a very big positive.
0: If Joe Biden wins the U.S. presidency, what would be the first trade that you would make on the heels of that news?
1: I'd sell everything and short everything just that quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would not be a participant in uh, the bull side of the market. Uh, I think it would be an absolute disaster economically. I don't even think he knows what he's doing. I think it's somebody else pulling the strings behind him. Um, Yeah, I, I would be very, very fearful of a Joe Biden win. Um, That's my personal take. So I just think that the policies that they enact, uh, the the liberals right now, are are dangerous. And Honestly, you, you see the danger in the streets where if you if you live in those areas right now. So I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't want I would want nothing to do with it.
0: Well, Nick, you've shared a number of trades that you've been engaged in. Uh, as we bring this conversation to a close, would you give us any more tidbits about what are some of your best trades right now?
1: Yeah, right now, I mean, I'm holding uh, CSX, which is a, a rail. Yesterday, I took some profits in an option on LNG, which had a really, really good move. I'm holding a couple of equities. I'll give you my latest and greatest that I've been out of the money on, but today I'm back in the money. It's TBT, and that's looking for yields to go higher today. Yields are up about uh, TBT's up about three percent. The thirty-year uh, yield is up about seven uh, eight and a half basis points today, so at one point three three percent. But I do believe bond yields are headed higher. Uh, I think yields have bottomed, and if you are going to get a mortgage or going to buy a car or anything that you need to take a loan out for, I would do it immediately as I do believe bond yields are at the floor and they only have one place to go, and that's higher.
0: Nick's website is inthemoneystocks.com. To learn more about Nick, his bios on there or his trading service, go to inthemoneystocks.com. Thanks, Nick, for joining me on today's show. Thank you for having me.